Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. We've got a cool topic for this show uh, with someone that uh, you've been working with for literally years, and it's a pleasure uh, to deal with it. We're going to welcome Lucy Barilak on board. She's an MSW, Master's in Social Work. She received her master's degree from McGill University. She's presently working as a consultant for the university-affiliated center of the CIUSS West Central Montreal Health Network. Lucy was previously responsible for the coordination of research, teaching, leadership, and publishing, and she's also in charge of transference of knowledge for programs, including caregiver support, community mental health, prevention, health promotion, and a whole lot more. And we could take the whole show in talking about her credentials. So let me just say, it is an honor and a privilege, Lucy, to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. One of the things I, I, I know that uh, we had talked about briefly off the air that, that you're working on is the whole question of how healthcare workers, healthcare providers, and caregivers see their work and perceive what they're doing. Uh, talk with us about that. Yes, um, exactly. Now, we're going to be doing through the teleconnection a series of training for healthcare workers, the whole issue behind it. And one of the topics, we'll be talking about many topics on uh, this training session, but what I want to kind of focus in a little bit today more is that it was interesting. We did a research project with uh, with healthcare workers back in uh, Canada, uh, and what there is, what is their perception of caregivers' role? And it was so interesting that the majority felt that caregivers are a resource, meaning that they're there to provide care. And many times caregivers they see themselves also as a resource. But I think it's very important to not look at it in that perspective only. Because as a resource, it all really depends upon how the caregiver is functioning, what role they have taken on. And many healthcare workers, it's interesting that a lot of the skills that are related to nursing a lot of caregivers are expected to actually do that kind of a resource. For example, changing uh, wounds, uh, giving injections. And I can talk on a personal level of what happened to me when I was a caregiver for my mother. Um, I'm an only daughter. I was working full time. I had a family at home. My mother became diabetic. And they really felt, the home care department felt that I should be trained in giving her the injection. I look at a needle and I can faint. So, you know, the thought of giving my mother an injection was something that I could not bring myself to do. And I know that they looked upon me as really, you know, maybe I wasn't as caring a daughter as I should be. And they didn't really understand what I was going through. So I think even for caregivers and healthcare workers, yes, caregivers can be a resource if they want to be if they're able to physically and mentally, but it's your responsibility and the caregiver's responsibility to recognize when the load is too heavy. 
because I don't have to tell you guys, we know what research tells us about caregiving, the burnout, mental health issues, their own physical well-being is not being taken care of. So I think that's important to think about. Now, the other thing was also, we talked about the whole issue of partnership. So what is partnership? If you don't have a partnership in healthcare, you're not gonna get anywhere. In a partnership is an arrangement where parties agree to cooperate and advance their mutual interests being equal in decision-making. And we found in this research also that that's not true. Uh, caregivers don't have as much equality as the, care, the healthcare providers or workers. So, you know, that's the other thing to look at. If you're a partner, how do you partner up? What does that mean? Do you ask the caregiver about how they're doing, for example? Do you ask the caregiver about how to provide certain services? So these are the kind of issues that are extremely interesting. And then the other thing I kind of want to mention before I kind of give you an opportunity to ask me questions is should healthcare workers think of caregivers as potential clients? Because they might be potential clients if we're not careful about all the resources that are put upon them and the fact that they themselves are not taking care of themselves. So for me personally, it's important. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that, if you go into, if you're dealing with a loved one and you're providing services, ask the caregiver and how are you doing? Making sure that you're aware of what, what's going on in their lives. Because at the end of the day, they might turn out to be a client because they need certain support in order to continue what they're doing. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. And I appreciate sure. your incredible wisdom and knowledge. I'm Ron Aaron, Lucy Barilak, a master's in social work and an expert on caregiving and a whole lot more is with us. And Carol Zerniel, our co-host, is with us as well. I'm Ron Aaron. Uh, Lucy, I can remember years ago when I really Caregiver SOS first got underway and where uh, the Women's Charitable Foundation was providing uh, the initial kind of help and counseling uh, for caregivers. Uh, one of the uh, women professionals uh, told the story about how a caregiver came in and sat down in her office, and she looked at her, uh, she being the well-med uh, caregiving specialist, and, and said to her, how are you doing? And the woman broke into tears and, and said, you're the first person who ever asked me that. And, and what a difference that made in how she was uh, feeling about that relationship. And, and you're right. How often is that asked, Lucy? Well, I think that things are changing from the time when we started out many, many moons ago. And I have to say, um, you know, the WellMet Foundation, the teleconnection, other services, I think all of a sudden, a lot of organizations are very aware about the word caregivers and what it means. I still think that there's a lot, a lot of work to be done. And many times it's not only with the healthcare providers or workers, I think it's also caregivers have to give themselves permission to be able to ask for help and resources and to find them. It's, you know, it's been an amazing experience for me and Dr. Elliot Sklar many times when we do a teleconnection Zoom session, which we, I had to get used to. Um, and to just, to just see the faces of some of these caregivers they don't have to say much when we talk, but just seeing their head, they're nodding their heads as if, yes, 
It is so important to be able, no matter who you are, who you're working with, to ask the caregiver, and how are you doing? I have to tell you, Ron, because I was a, at the time a professional, I was in the field, when I had a family conference, I remember that very well, sitting with the doctors and the nurses and the people who were assisting my mother with bathing. Nobody asked me then, and how are you doing? It was just assumed here I was, a woman, pretty fairly young at the time, younger than now, uh, seems to be capable, and their expectations were unbelievable of what they expected me to do in this partnership of ours. Which was not really a partnership. No. When I talk about partnership, one of the things that I think needs to really be looked at is when you're doing a plan of intervention, okay, you have to include the caregiver in that. When you're having meetings in an organization or you're talking about a certain client, the caregiver needs to be there as well. That's what a partnership is all about. Yeah, you remind me, I was just reading some you know, professional literature before the radio show today and another uh, caregiver SOS um, you know, speaker that we've had in the past, Carol Levine, had written to a hospital saying, you, pre- you prepared an entire communications plan for the provider and the patient and all this communication and you completely left the caregiver <laughs> and just drew that to their attention as if there's nobody, you know, there's nobody there. So it, it's interesting the way now, you know, the, our, our healthcare system and many times they'll say, oh yes, we want the family in the room. We want the caregiver in the room, but we are still maybe standing in the corner. We're still maybe invisible in the room. You know, that, that partnership at, equality you were talking about, you know, it takes work. It takes more than just letting the caregiver in the room. For sure. And who better knows what the loved one is going through the care receiver than the caregiver. And, you know, and just touching back on the whole issue of should we be also looking at caregivers as potential clients? I'm not saying that caregivers necessarily will have to be clients, but I think if you look at it in that perspective, then you're looking at a way of prevention. I think that's key. Everything that we do when we work with caregivers, regardless of, it's really the whole aspect of preventing certain things and allowing that to happen. And so when I think back here and how uh, some of healthcare workers, they already have two clients. You know, when you're dealing with the caregiver, it's automatic. Um, I can't imagine it not being because you can't just ignore that person. You want to know how they're doing. You want to know if they need assistance. So in reality, you do have two clients. And it's very important to be able to identify when that caregiver client may need more assistance. And the, the care receiver might be really doing very well, but it's the caregiver who may not be. Stay with us, Lucy and Carol. We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Lucy Berlick, our guest on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline. Carol Zerniel, our co-host. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. 
So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. so much for sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And on the Caregiver SOS On Air hotline, we're talking with Lucy Berlack. Uh, she holds a master's in social work, has spent a whole lot of years working in the field of caregiving and caretaking, and at one point was a caregiver herself. And we're uh, trying to figure out the whole business of how do caregivers and healthcare workers perceive themselves and their interrelated roles. And Carol, I think you had a question for Lucy. Well, I was, you know, remembering Lucy's background and talking about how she worked in research and education and in sort of implementation. And I hear you talking about health cares and the partnership. What needs to change in the training we provide healthcare workers uh, so that they're better, you know, they can better see the caregiver, better understand the caregiver? What would be your recommendations? Well, I think it's, it has a lot to do with whatever agency that they are actually working in, the, the, the whole climate of the agency. I mean, the idea behind it, I guess it stems from what I said before. When you're walking into someone's house and there's a caregiver and there's a care receiver, the first thing that you should be looking at, that these are two potential possible clients. Okay, you might be going in there because you're giving a bath because that was what the request was. But you have to go beyond that. You have to have the eyes and the ears so that you are there to kind of advocate for this particular family. So if you see that the caregiver isn't doing as well as you think that they should be doing or they look appear to be frail or they're sharing some information with you, it's really, really important to take that into consideration and not just go back to the agency and say, okay, I gave the person back. The same thing could be in any setting whatsoever. You know, it could be a day center where a caregiver brings their loved one to socialize for a couple of hours. Open your eyes, take a look at it. How are they doing? How are they dressed that day? Meaning that if it's a cold day, are they dressed properly? Does it seem that they are in control? Do they seem stressed? You know, are they disheveled, for example? And if they are, I mean, don't, you know, don't be judgmental, but, you know, ask the question, what Ron said, and how are you doing today? Well, you remind me of a story that um, from our stress busting program, where it's a nine-week program, and we teach caregivers to manage their stress. And we've noticed that about week four, right? So it's the fourth week they've been taking these classes that we physically see a change in the caregivers. Maybe they're dressed, maybe their hair has been combed. Where they come and they look kind of beat up, run over, disheveled, which is a great word. Um, Somewhere after they start talking about their issues and learning stress management techniques, then they start seeing themselves again too. So it's not just the rest of us who aren't seeing the caregiver, they're not seeing themselves either. Yes. Is, is that pretty typical? In many cases, it is. And we know that, that, you know, caregivers say, well, what do you mean? I'm a caregiver. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. I'm a husband. I'm a son. 
you know, so I think it's a two-way street. It's really important to keep that in mind, especially when you're caregiving for someone that there's a progression in whatever their illness is, whether it's cognitive impairment, whether they've had a stroke. I mean, it's a journey. And I think the journey changes all the time. What worked for a couple of months all of a sudden doesn't work any longer. There needs to be a little bit more. So it's important for the healthcare workers to recognize that as well and kind of, you know, be there for the caregiver, even if the caregiver themselves don't see it. And caregivers have a responsibility. I know that I had to make lots of sacrifices in order to maintain my mother at home, but it was okay. I made those sacrifices so that I can continue living my life as well. By financially, she was in no position to pay for private help. I, I stepped up to that. I did it because not only was it good for her, but I recognized that I needed the time. I couldn't be there all the time. So it is a two-way street, but many times it's the healthcare workers putting your arm, you know, maybe not today anymore, putting your arm around anybody, but maybe asking the right questions and maybe sort of being sympathetic and being there for the caregiver. Most of the people who end up being caregivers, Lucy, and Carol, you all know so well, uh, end up there uh, with very little advance notice from their standpoint. One day life is great. The next day they get a call uh, from an emergency room or an ICU. Mom, dad, aunt, uncle, I need your help right now. And their lives change almost irrevocably. Uh, are there ways in which we can do a better job of anticipating that, yes, we are going to be a caregiver and to prepare for it? Well, we know that there's a whole saying that we're all going to be a caregiver at one point or another, and then probably we'll need care as well. Nobody is exempt from that. I think the more information that you see, look, at the end of the day, no one's going to want to know about Alzheimer's until it touches you or your family member. Okay, so when we say to be prepared, if you are put in a position where all of a sudden you find yourself as a caregiver, there's so much amazing, inform reliable information out there to find out about what's going on, what, what do you need to know, and resources are fundamental. I mean, people need to know that there are resources in the community. And the other thing that I would say is you don't have to do it alone. You don't need to do it alone. You need help, and it's okay. We all need help and support at certain times in our lives. Well, and as I'm listening to you, that applies to that healthcare worker too. So can you talk a little bit about the series on the caregiver teleconnection sure. that you're going to be doing? We're going to start September 23rd, and you know, people can, caregivers can also register if you like, by all means. So what we're going to be talking about, you know, defining caregivers and recognizing their, ex their experience. What research tells us, our caregivers are resource partner or client. I'm going to go into it a little bit more in detail, asking healthcare uh, workers themselves what they, their thoughts are. We're going to also be talking about self-care for caregivers and for um, healthcare workers, for sure that they have a responsibility for themselves. On September 30th, we're going to talk about difficult situations, for example, elder abuse, um, how to support caregivers in dealing with difficult behaviors, 
from their loved ones, which I don't believe there are ever any difficult behaviors. It's just difficult situations that we need to know about. We're going to talk about what does elder abuse look like? What care, you know, when caregivers, when it, when the abuse is from the caregiver or from the care receiver. Healthcare workers have a huge input in that. They may notice things that nobody else notices and, you know, and to be there and support. Um, we're going to talk about also advocacy issues. You know, how do you advocate for your client? How do you advocate for a care? How do you advocate for yourself as well as a healthcare worker? And on October 7th, we're going to look at diversity and caregiving, how to support caregivers from different cultures. I think that's really very, very important. Uh, gender and sexuality, you know, uh, cultural competency in long-term care planning and in long-term care uh, settings. So I know it's a lot within one hour to cover, but we're doing it in such a way with a Zoom with really good PowerPoints, but it's going to be interactive. We're going to be asking questions and we want people to participate. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's the first time that the Teleconnection is actually doing a series like that, and we'll see what happens. How will it be made available? Is it only over the phone or is it on Zoom? No, it's going to be on Zoom, but if someone isn't comfortable with Zoom, it's going to be also they can call in, they can register. It's free, by the way, so that's great. And healthcare workers will get a certificate showing that they did take this, these three uh, sessions. And people can register by calling one 390 and it's toll-free. Need to give the number again. You get to do it twice. Sure. 1-866-390-6491. Toll-free. Somebody will register you. So again, you can be on Zoom if you're comfortable with that, or you can call in and it's all going to be recorded. So if someone doesn't have an opportunity to listen, to be participate, they can always go back and listen to it at another time. Now, will this all be on the website, Carol, that if folks go to caregiversos.org, they can find that information? Absolutely, on the Caregiver Teleconnection page. And Lucy, what time of day are you having this for the health? We're having it at, um, it's 10 o'clock central, 11 o'clock Eastern. So, yeah, this is a, a new... Um, series. And I know that we've got a lot of folks who do are professionals, but we also have a lot of caregivers as well, you know, that, that or I should say that they're professionals who are also caregivers. So we do get yes. a mix on most of our sessions. Yes, we do. Who should attend? Well, healthcare workers, by all means, I think it's a, it's a great way to widen your perspective and knowledge about caregiving issues for yourself. I think caregivers can also join and listen and, and, and reflect on, on what's happening in their lives from this series. So I'm hoping that a lot of people will participate. What are you calling it? Is there a title it's for all engaging this? Engaging Caregivers, a program for healthcare workers. Say that again. Engaging Caregivers, a program for healthcare workers. Cool. Well, I like that. Carol sounds great. It does. It sounds fabulous. Um, and, you know, if you're not a professional caregiver, but you like what you're hearing from Lucy, we also have a Dear Lucy series. And, and Lucy, what do you do in the sessions with Dear Lucy? 
Well, I think my next session is um, dementia and balance. What I do is I try to, you know, to identify certain topics that caregivers have told me and send me questions about that are of interest. And it's interesting to note that, you know, many times we don't think that dementia or Alzheimer's has anything to do with balance, but it really does. Um, it affects it greatly. And so I get questions. I answer the questions on, on, uh, on, on the show, but it's also open for people to sort of ask questions as we go along. I try to do a lot of research around it and give really good information. And my Dear Lucy shows are always, I like to give tips, tips for caregivers of how to handle. So I don't just talk about a topic, but I give tips. For example, how do you, you know, safeguard your loved one from falling for in, in certain places? And the things that could be is we talk about things about the house not being cluttered, but Whatever I do in Dear Lucy, I always do it from the perspective and the questions that I receive from caregivers. Lucy, thank you. And uh, again, all this information can be found at Caregiver SOS on air. Go to the teleconnection page and you can get the details and uh, Dear Lucy as well. So ask Lucy. And we thank you very much for letting us ask you today. Carol Zerniel, thank you. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you again very soon right here on Caregiver SOS on air. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.